You're now listening to Hack and Grow Rich with Shaheen Shayan and his co-host, Bart Baggett, where we discuss hacking your way to success and the unconventional paths to unreasonable success with the people who've been there. And now, the author of Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, Shaheen Shayan. I'm very grateful to have you here. Grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. For sure, man. For sure, dude. We had a dope conversation before this. Uh, we were talking about me, talking about uh, uh, where in where in my life I I need to double down and go and go all in, right? Mm. Areas that I need to dig into to to really turn my game up. Um, and you know the idea of the all-in CEO is not just about guys being the CEO of their business, but about being the CEO of your life. Yeah. And um, and you need to step into ownership. And sometimes, and to own your ship, you need to own your ship. So, um, so part of this was about me owning some of my ship. So, um, it's you always need to make sure that you have friends that can help you to own your ship and to own your ship. So that's really important. So, um, thank you for being present, man. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here, man. And look, at, at the end of the day, I feel like we're in an epidemic, but it's not the one that we think. Hmm. And the epidemic really is that so few people give a shit. So few people stand for something, for anything. So when you go out there and you see somebody who takes pride, who gives attention to detail in what they do, regardless of if they're going to get tipped or not tipped or if someone's going to recognize them or not, but they're doing it because it's what they do and they actually give a fuck because it's part of their plan with a big P. Mm -hmm. You're impressed. You're attracted to that person's energy, their vibe, like you and me were talking about. And the reason is, is that they're, are so many people out there who are, who are just inertial, who are just going with the flow. Like, what do you want to do? You want chicken or steak? I don't know. <laughs> right. Do you want, do you, what, what, what's your weekend look like? What's five minutes from now look like? What are you doing? Oh, well, maybe I'm doing this. Why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Nobody stands for anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Very few people. Mm -hmm. Nobody really believes in what they do. Everyone's a slasher. I'm this slash that slash this slash that. Everyone, everyone's a slasher. Yeah. So when, when you meet somebody who really takes it, it doesn't matter what they do. They could be the best waiter at a, at a steak restaurant. And the guy knows everything about all the steaks and he knows how to make you smile. And that's all he does. But he's fucking great at it. Mm -hmm. You feel that sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And so few people approach life with that. And the thing, the sense that I get about you and through our friendship and knowing you for the years that I've known you is that you really bring it. You always bring it because who you are is the product. Who you are is the message. And I think that's what was dope about our conversation mm. is this realization that who you are isn't just good enough. Who you are is fucking great. Because you believe in something. You stand for something. You have a fucking opinion. Mm. So few people have an opinion. And when they do, you're like, dude, 
Is that really your opinion or is that something you heard on Joe Rogan? Mm. Is that really your opinion? Did you really take time to self-reflect? You're a self-reflective human being. I see that in you. Every time we meet, I see that you've taken a moment to reflect back on the things that matter. And you made it a point. Now, six months from now, those might not matter. Six months from now, something else might matter. But for now, you're all in. Though, though, look, I two things I wanted to speak to on that because I think this is really important. Um, one of the in that in that area, and I fully receive, and I use words like receive because I've I had to learn how to receive. One of the things that I realized in my own journey is that what was preventing me from stepping into greater possibility was just literally being open to receiving. Because like you know, it's like oh, I want. More money. Well, you to do that, you have to be willing to receive. There's some specific tactical components necessary. Like you need to be literally, logistically be able to receive money, like bank account, tra- transfer, you know what I'm saying? Like you need like, like those types of things. And you just need to be emotionally re- willing to receive, you know? Like I'll give you a perfect example. So like just real quick is that, um, you know, I have a standard, um, uh, referral commission. Hmm. I think anybody needs to have a standard referral commission. Yeah. So if money comes to you from anywhere for any reason, whether they know about it or not. And so I think to myself, like I reached out to somebody cause I got him his referral. I was like, yo, give me your information so I can give you a check. And then he was like, Oh, I'm good. Cause that, that thing is what I used to do to everything. Mm. Oh, I'm good. He was like, oh, I was like, no, no, no. This is part of my wealth circulation. This is a part of like how I <laughs> operate. Yeah, it actually does something for me to give you this check because this is the way that I want to operate. Yeah. And so I'm like, yo, like, I actually want to give you this check. And I'm like, want to be in that space because there's a reciprocal relationship in that situation. And so I used to do that with compliments. I would do that with praise. I would do that. with I didn't even realize I was doing. So that's the first thing is just being willing and open to receive. The second thing is, is that um, is that I had to learn from people who I respected like you. And so the thing is, is that I had to, so before I knew how to walk, I had to see people who were walking Mm. to be able to just like trust that I could figure it out, you know? And so I had, so like in ways that you may not have even known, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm modeling him, you know? I'm like, I'm learning how to walk. I'm learning how to get my legs. I'm learning how to deal. And so it's, it's not just about like, like we... We, but like the way that you operate, the way that you show up, the way that you are, um, like how that, 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 because I, I've always like respected who you are, how you show up, the way you present yourself, the way that you communicate ideas, your level of intentionality. So I was like, oh, I need to, there's other individuals who I get to model in terms of the way that I get to move through the world too, you know? So receiving receivership, like being willing to receive and then yeah. being, and then having people who I, can model life from, you know, because all the people I was modeling my life from before gave me bits and pieces and everybody gives you bits and pieces. But I was like, but I was trying to create a new life. So to create a new life, I had to create new individuals to model from. So I appreciate that. No, I, I, I love that. And to add to that, I'll actually give you a really good hack. And most people don't realize this too. So when, when you're in that state, one of the coolest things is that if you want uh, to 
achieve really high levels of achievement and get people to really connect with you, call people up and ask them for shit. Seriously, call somebody and ask them for a favor. So I know you've got the discipline of making 100 calls. Call them and ask them for something. Mm. When people do something for you, that is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to create a connection. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity to create flow. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And most people think, man, let me let me bring value. Let me call this person up and give them something. Sure, that's great and all that. The thing that's actually better is calling them up and asking them for a favor. Hey, Sanika, I got a huge favor to ask mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Can I have your Netflix password? Yeah. And you know what's funny? As soon as you, can I just say, like, when you said that, can I ask you for a favor? Yeah. I, I felt the chemical response. Hmm? I felt the I felt the chemical response in my body go, oh, how can I like I'm I'm subcom like, how can I help? What do I need to <laughs> like right. I'm leaning in on that straight up. So here here's the problem. As entrepreneurs, as as men, we want to fix it ourselves. We want to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we feel so compelled to work in a vacuum, mm -hmm. which is one of the biggest rookie mistakes that you could ever make. Mm -hmm. Right. Most rookies work in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You look at successful people, they have other successful people around them. They have mentors, they have advisors, and they will. They don't have to necessarily listen to everybody and what they thought they were going to do. They might do it in the first place, but they will hear out a number of people and consider a bunch of different ideas. Because the one thing we know for sure in life is that to make better decisions, you need to have more options. The more options you have in life, the higher your probability of success. Now, you might not use any of those options. You might go with the first thing that you were going to do anyways, mm -hmm. but it's the presence of those options that illuminates your path for you. Mm -hmm. So in that way, to engage people, call somebody up. It's going to make you uncomfortable because you're no longer working in a vacuum. And our natural reaction, let me ask you this. What's your natural reaction to asking me for a favor. If you were going to call me I, up. I, say, my physiological response. Yes. It went like this. Why? Oh, because my, because I am, a, I'm aware of this now, yeah. but my, my two core wounds are rejection and abandonment. Yes. So my, my prime, so my core wound of rejection, meaning I don't want to be rejected by asking you for something. Okay. Take it one level higher. Okay. Right. What do you think the majority of people have an issue asking somebody for a favor for what's what's the majority of people what would their thought be not your personal wound but somebody else uh, maybe that maybe lack of trust or close mm. reciprocation reciprocation whether they right. would, oh, whether they would do it too well no if i if i am asking you for something now i'm indebted to you so we don't want to be indebted to other people. It's a natural reaction from thousands of years of evolution. Mm. But it's okay. Mm. Mm. It's okay. Mm. Be indebted. Because what's that happen? It opens up the flow. Right. I've had so many great deals, so many transactions come out of asking people for favors. So we have to get out of our own limiting beliefs and our own limitations and get out there and and ask. Mm -hmm. That's so good. <laughs> I'm processing that. 
that's that's some powerful dynamics and um and for one of the things i learned is something uh in the the context of what they call the request referral sequence hmm. is that you ask somebody for a referral and you know, say hey, look shaheen i'm I, you know are you open to like this is like the favor right so be like hey look i'm looking for a referral for somebody who's you know who is uh uh, who wears collared shirts, who has sort of like a five o'clock shadow, but not necessarily a full beard, a uh, guy with a bald head and, uh, you know, a guy who's really well-spoken. Like, do you know anybody who fits that description, you know? And they may be like, oh, yeah, I totally know somebody. They're like, oh, that's me. <laughs> mm. They may self-identify. So the idea is that when you present somebody, hey, look, you know, I'm looking for people who if I have a lawn business, so I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who has a, you know, pretty much like a, at least a 500 to 800 foot square yards um, plot of land, somebody who's, who needs their grass cut every couple of weeks and somebody who, um, you know, who, whatever, you know, saying probably has a budget of a hundred bucks a week to be able to do that. Do you know anybody who fits that description? And they go, oh yeah, me. Right. So they self-identify in that process. And so the thing that came up when you were talking about the favor, mm. asking the favor is like, um, is that I can ask, is that in that process, I can also ask for somebody to, um, to, to be in that reciprocity. So yeah. I can be in that reciprocity because, um, I would issue you the same, the, 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 the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, okay, this, this is a very common problem I see. So I came up in the world. I left home, as you know, at, at a very young age. And I literally made sure that I was hungry. Why? Because if I didn't sell, I wouldn't eat. And I knew that forging that neural connection, what we know from uh, the work of Norman Dodge, who wrote the, uh, the Brain That Changes Itself, is that neurons that fire together wire together. Mm -hmm. So if we take one thing and another thing and we associate them through... Uh, events that have high importance to us that those neurons fuse together so we only need one of the stimuli to create both so i knew that if i was hungry and that i did something that i knew was good for me which was making a sale that that process of making a sale led to uh, my satiating my hunger which had that positive association. So very early on, I learned to become a salesperson mm -hmm. through being hungry. Mm -hmm. So I came up being hungry. Mm -hmm. And to this very day, I have those same neural connections mm -hmm. forged. Mm -hmm. Most people are scared to go out there and fucking sell. Mm -hmm. And when we get down to the core of it, why aren't you selling your product? Why aren't you selling your service? You're fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. It comes down to that they don't believe in in what they're selling mm -hmm. and this is the thing if you don't believe in what you're selling fucking quit mm -hmm. go work at mcdonald's go do some other shit that you don't believe in mm -hmm. where you don't have to give a pound of flesh mm -hmm. but if you really believe in your product in your service and what it is that you're doing you are providing a service and it is a great disservice to the world at large to the people around you to not have the opportunity to partake in what it is that you are offering them. Mm -hmm. So you need to get fucking great at selling whatever it is that you do. If you have one skill set, 
It should be sales. Mm -hmm. And there should never be a doubt in your mind that what you're selling is an absolute service to whoever it is who's buying it. Mm. And that's what all ends about. Mm -hmm. You're damn straight. You are damn straight. I, I love that. Dude, the neural connection, basically what I heard is fighting for your food. Is that we need to be willing to fight for our food. And sometimes the fear of rejection, because it's so deeply tied to who your inner child, to who you were as a kid, is that fear of rejection far supersedes a person's willingness to fight for food because they haven't had it hasn't been modeled for them. Yeah. They haven't had it modeled that you can actually recreate that connection, that you can shift out of the connection of being uh falling back because I don't want to fight because I don't want the rejection to actually be being put in the space where you can fight for your food. And that's why that is the reason that I started the initiation. Yeah. It's because I wanted to make people hungry for creating the connections to not just fight for your food from the, the wealth perspective, but to also fight for your relationship because that posturing this also happens in relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to that point, you got to be hungry. The, the worst thing that will happen to you is not being hungry mm. and being rich is fucking great. So if you're, if you're rich and abundant, that's great. If you're hungry, that's really fucking good. The worst thing that you could do, and you and I have talked about this before, is to just be mediocre. Just be comfortable enough mm. where you don't really have the push mm -hmm. to achieve excellence in life. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest fucking, that, that is my biggest fear. Ooh. It's it's not it's not to be downtrodden and lose everything <laughs> and, and be hungry because I know what to do with that. Uh -huh. It's to be just comfortable enough, and most most men suffer from from that now. If you look around us and you look at the incredible abundance that is America, I mean, my family we came from a third world country. We came from Iran. And we, in Iran, we had people with extreme poverty. We had people with extreme wealth. But in general, it was nothing like coming here. And we came here seeking a better life for ourselves. Mm. And when you come here, you really see, especially if you're a person who's traveled to the third world and traveled to places like India and Brazil. And I've been to all those countries. And you really see true poverty, mm. right? You see, see people really, really struggling with very little hope of getting out of their situation. And then you come to America, which arguably for a lot of people is one of the greatest countries in the world. And you see that the problem that we have with most people, particularly in the middle class, isn't that they're hungry. The problem is that they're just comfortable enough. And if you're a man and you want to be a high achiever, that is the death of you. Mm. Mediocrity is the absolute death of success. Mm -hmm. It's not hunger. Mm -hmm. Hunger is good. Like we do intermittent fasting. I've done it for a good part of 30 years and I'm a big fan of fasting. And my wife is kind of like in and out of it. And she's like kind of, you know, newer to it than I am. And I ask her, hey, honey, how's it going? You know, I try to support her. For me, it's nothing anymore to fast. But for her, um, I think it's a little bit more challenging. And I'm like, how's it going? She's like, it's good. I'm just hungry. And I'm like, good. 
Mm. It's good. That's, that's what you want. You have to find the hunger. Right. Hunger doesn't come easy. Right. It's easy to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. There's a, for most people, especially people watching this show, mm-hmm. there's an abundance of everything around. Mm-hmm. So you can get comfortable. You can get comfortable enough where you never have to achieve excellence. Mm-hmm. And I think what you and I were talking about is we have to push that. We have to seek discomfort. We have to get out there and find that hunger. Mm. And, and believe me, if you can do that, that really brings such a greater appreciation. That juicy steak is going to taste so much better. Mm. Dude, that is the finding the hunger. Uh, finding the hunger and and. Can just as a background, can you tell us about more of your story and how you got how you how you built this relationship with yourself where you are now in pursuit of excellence and in pursuit of achieving greater in your life? So when I was younger, I used to think that it was money was the thing that I wanted. And I very quickly learned that it wasn't money. Instead, it was excellence. It was creating something that made an impact more so than excellence even was impact making money was fun don't get me wrong i still have a great time making money it's a game it's great and once you learn to master that game and i know it's funny because if you haven't made money like real money big money people are like oh my god it's so out of touch and it's whatever and you're like look there's tons of people out there doing it so there's a way to crack that code Mm -hmm. and you can figure it out Mm -hmm. might not come easy People want it to come easy. People watch TikTokers and influencers and, hey, do this and start this and do that. And, and I'll teach you how to do it. Just buy my thing and buy this, right? So people want it to be easy. That's, that's the aspirational aspect of social media, which is lying to you. But the fact is that you're going to have to work for it. And, and making money, especially big money, involves hard work. It doesn't have to involve struggle but it involves hard work. Now, uh, for, for me, my story, and by the way, for anybody that's interested, they can check out my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult, where I tell my story. And I, I do have a podcast called Hack and Grow Rich, where we talk a lot about this stuff. Uh, so check me out. You guys can just Google me or go to shaheenshan.com. We'll include it in the show notes for people. For sure. But I started my first company when I was 15. I left home, You know, came here as immigrants. Uh, from Iran when I was five, left home by 15, and I went out on my own. I had to find that hunger. So I went out, I left my friends, left my family, had nothing. And I started my first company coming up through the electronic music, the dance scene, the EDM scene, the rave scene at that time. And I created this pill. And before my 21st birthday, the company had created over a billion dollars of revenue. Pause for a moment. <laughs> you said before what birthday? Before my twenty first birthday. Before your twenty first pro- birthday, my late teens. Yeah, you had a company that generated a billion with a B. A B when that was still a big deal. Now you got all these unicorns that are worth multiple billions. But back then, that was a big deal to create a billion dollars in revenue. Look, it's still a there is a billion with a B is is even adjusted for inflation. <laughs> it's, it's still a, a big deal. So uh, most people ain't going to never sniff, sniff a billion dollars. They won't even sniff it. They mm. won't even get close to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, 90% of Americans don't make, more, don't make six figures a year. Sure. You know, um, so there's a there's a significant amount of individuals that, that will never get close to that. I just wanted to point that out. It's, it's incredible stuff. So 
the uh, the herbal ecstasy pill billion dollars at twenty one. What is how does life change for an individual at twenty one making uh, have a company generating a billion dollars? Well, I, I think when you're making that kind of money and you have that fifteen minutes of fame, which I had, I was all over the TV and I'd walk in somewhere and people recognize you. You you start to realize the things that matter. And as with anything, but with money, when you have enough of it, there's enough. There's only so much that you can do once you achieve a certain level of wealth. That's why a lot of these guys are like billionaires and and whatnot. And I was never at that level. They start going into becoming kingmakers. So they they start getting involved in politics. Mm. They start to do big things like you look at Bill Gates. Uh, who's done amazing work in in the world of philanthropy. So they start to attack things on a wholesale level with their money, and then they have to give away a bunch of it. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, that kind of turns. For me, I was just this kid who partly got lucky, and I believe we create our own luck, and partly hustled, and I was at the right place at the right time, and I was relentless and willing to do whatever it took to succeed. And I did that. I did do whatever it took in order for me to achieve that level of success. Mm. And of course, when I got there, I was like, okay, is this all there is? Mm. Like, all right, what else can I buy? I had the boats and the exotic cars and I was driving my Lambos and the Ferraris and I actually owned that shit. I didn't just rent it and put it on Instagram. <laughs> I owned all of that stuff. Right. And I lived that life for a while, you know, traveling to, you know, private islands with celebrities and being on private jets and yachts and and did all that. But, and and that's fun. Don't get me wrong. If you have an opportunity to do that, by all means do that because it's fucking epic. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the thing that brought meaning to my life was doing things that impacted other people. The greatest feeling in the world for me was walking into a store and seeing somebody delight in picking up that magic thing that I created and I'd created over 200 products in those days. Mm -hmm. And I'd walk into a store and people would gather around and talk about it. And it was almost like this enchanted object. And I'm like, I fucking did that, right? I brought a moment of joy, a moment of change into those people's lives. And the world, the universe, whatever you believe in at large has rewarded me with wealth. Mm. And I received that. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. That is, that's magic. Question. Here's a redirect on that. This is not a courtroom. If it was a courtroom, I'm out of order. You're out of, everybody's out of, I'm just, that's a quote. So what's your definition of, how, how do you define purpose? Purpose is akin to freedom. And freedom is being able to do what you want, with who you want, how you want, when you want. Period. And your purpose revolves around that. So for me, look, I'm not a flashy guy. I don't flash my wealth. I don't go out there making people feel beneath me because I have this thing or that thing. I try to inspire people. Mm -hmm. uh, idea of a, a, a amazing evening for me is having dinner with my family, right? being with my son, being with my wife having a, a meaningful conversation over dinner with friends, with family, 
Those are the things. That's what my bling is. My bling is taking my son out fishing and being able to turn my phone off and being like, dude, it's just me and you Mm. just hanging out. That's wealth. That's freedom. And I can do that at any time. Mm. I don't need to be in a a Lambo with a jacuzzi in the back with 50 bikini girls. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) All that stuff is fun and it's great, but it's for show. Right. The things that bring meaning to our life are far less shiny. They're far less flashy. Mm -hmm. If you want to live a purposeful life, a life of meaning, and I'm uh, I'm just speaking for myself, right? Every other person, it's going to differ what they find me. And I have no judgment on anybody else. Mm -hmm. But what I know is what works for me works for me. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's always family first and stepping up and being there and being present. For my family, for my wife, for my son, for my friends. Uh, and the the second part of it is being impactful in my community mm-hmm. and helping others who have the desire, who have the motivation, who have the drive, much like what you do, helping them achieve their highest level of greatness or or conversely, to understand that they absolutely fucking suck and they should quit. <laughs> they should just fucking give up. Because there are people that are just a lost equation. <laughs> so you got to figure out which one you are. And it's a service either way to let them know. Absolutely. You hit me, on the, the, you hit me with the word service. <laughs> I tell people there's three ways you can serve people. You can serve people for free. You can serve them for a fee. And you cannot serve them at all, which is also a form of service. And because it will serve them to find the right people that they that want to serve them. So I feel you on that. And I, I, I love the context around what it really, what, com- what matters and around finding meaning, like being able to do uh, what you want, when you want, with who you want, right? What is it again? What you want, when you want, who you, with who you want, how you want, how you want. So what you want, when you want, who you want, how you want. I love it. And I've heard that from a few other people. And um, and so when I look at the idea of meaning, like purpose is simply meaning. What is the purpose? And the one thing that I think happens in many in different instances, I was talking to the guys who are currently going through the current cycle of the initiation about purpose this morning. And I was talking to them about meaning about how you establish meaning, about how one establishes meaning, how we create meaning. And um, and the intention of it is that when you step into creating meaning, is that remembering the purpose, we forget that purpose has an S at the end of it. It is purposes. Is that there is no singular purpose. You 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 don't need to find your purpose. The intention is, is that you essentially identify meaning and the things that you are doing and if what you are doing does not have the meaning that makes you feel fulfilled then the intention is to transition is what brings you meaning you know it's to tune into it it's to claim it as opposed to search it's there it's present it's around you you just need to claim it and uh, some of us are guided by the wrong purposes so yeah and you gotta turn the fucking noise off like you did a very moving piece it was actually one of my favorite spoken word pieces of yours which was called the war for your attention. Mm. And you should perform that for your audience at some point. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's happened. Wasn't always that way. So how do you know what you stand for? How do you know 
what your purpose is, what your meaning is, what any of those things are, when at every moment, there's a million things buzzing and vibrating and going off and demanding your attention and TikTok and look at this new dance and oh, look at that you know person and this person and this shiny thing and that shiny thing. You got to find the white space. Mm-hmm. You got to find the space in between the space. Mm-hmm. And you got to be okay with that. Most people are not okay with that. Most people aren't okay with silence. Mm-hmm. Most people are not okay mm-hmm. We're just sitting in their discomfort. It's not quiet long enough for them to experience their discomfort. Mm -hmm. That's why meditation is so powerful. And I I don't espouse any specific type of meditation. I think any way where you can get into a state for eight to 10 minutes and then get back into your life and don't think another second of it is great. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs to teach anything. You don't need any equipment. You don't have to pay anybody. You don't need a dude wearing a loincloth and a stick telling you, you know, what what you need to do. You just need to shut the fuck up and sit with your discomfort Mm -hmm. for eight to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important because we become inundated with noise. And then when you think about it, you can break that down in a million different ways. But it's not the lack of self-knowledge. For most people, especially if you're a person that's reflective, it's the noise that mm-hmm. stops you from hearing your own truth. Mm-hmm. I'm breathing in what you just said. My offering is for everyone to breathe in what he just said and to be able to sit in the silence of that, to be able to absorb it. It's powerful stuff. Um, and it's dope <laughs> and it's necessary. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, breathe it in. Sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up. Just listen, just breathe it in and no response. And just be, be with it. So, um, I dig it, man. Thank you for that. Um, just so we can wrap, man, what, like, what are you currently working on and how can people get involved in what you are currently doing? Yeah. So if anybody's interested in being on great shows like this one, we have this really cool new startup. Uh, and you guys can check it out called Podcast Cola. Mm-hmm. And it's podcastcola.com where we get you to sell whatever it is that you're selling without ever having to sell. And we do it through the power of something that you are amazing at, telling story. And the best way we know to tell stories is through podcasts just like this one. So if anybody's interested in being featured on shows just like this, and others, check out podcastcola.com. We get you booked on great shows. It's a uh, very low, transparent, flat fee and unlimited bookings. We have an all-you-can-eat model. So we have that going on. Uh, The other thing, if anybody's interested in my story and my book, you guys can check out Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. Uh, We'll share a link to that as well. For sure. And if you are uh, interested in creating recurring revenue streams, I... Uh, still also teach people that we're looking now for the next tranche of about 30 to 50 people for the uh, Amazon FBA mastery course that I have uh, and the URL for that, uh, excuse me, and the URL for the FBA. The alarm. We always want to make sure we honor people's time. The alarm goes off. There, nothing is behind the curtain. Okay. Damn it. Fourth wall, whatever. <laughs> nothing is behind the curtain. Just, just letting you know. <laughs> no, no curtain there. So 
uh, I started this course where we teach people how to create recurring revenue streams with very little cash. And it's called fbasellercourse.com. We'll include a link below. Or please, guys, just reach out to me. My email is darkzess at gmail.com. That's D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. I am very accessible and I return all emails personally. It may take me a minute because I've got a lot of inflow, but I will get back to you. So just reach out to me and let me know how I can support you. I love it, dude. Um, not only are you one of the baddest entrepreneurs on the planet, but you're one of the greatest uh, fathers and family men that I know and uh, a high integrity human. So I always respect that. Thank you for being on the All In CEO, my brother. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Absolutely. In studio. Thank you for having Shaheen Chan. And uh, please, I will drop all of the links in the uh, show notes. So make sure that you access and you click on that. And you get into this, uh, into his universe. It's a really beautiful universe. And also the book Billions is available as well. Billion. Billion. <laughs> Not the TV show. Billion. Um, and I'll catch you all in the next episode of the All In CEO. Fire starter out. Way go.